Hi, Emily. Welcome to our second episode of Series 3 of the Nutrition Nibble podcast. In Series 3, we investigate some of the more commonly had beliefs and behaviours about food and nutrition and how what we see in here isn't always the truth. In today's episode, we look at the beliefs around meat and as it is the only source of protein. We want to find out how we can introduce meat alternatives to benefit our health and well-being. We are joined today by Emily Shears to help us unpack some of these questions. Awesome, it's really nice to be back here. It's scary how long since I've been here as a student, but it's really nice to be back here. Excellent. Um, So is meat our only source of protein? Absolutely not. There's lots of different ways that you can incorporate protein into your diet. And I think it's really important uh, at the moment, particularly with a few factors which uh, make meat quite difficult in fact, um, to be incorporated into the diet. One of those things is cost. Um, As we know, there's a bit of financial crunch for a lot of families at the moment with inflation and um, all all things economics there. Um, And also it's around sustainability. So how we actually produce meat as well. Uh, So there's methane gas considerations and um, that impact that we have on our footprint in terms of what we're doing to the environment. So I think exploring other options one is really important and yes there are definitely lots of options as well excellent um besides protein what are the other nutritional qualities in meat products that are valuable to our diet there's a couple of really key things um firstly particularly for women is iron Mm. um so with our monthly menstrual cycle obviously we we lose blood which means we also lose iron and oxygen carrying capacity so we need to keep our stores up with that um And the other reason for meat in our diet is for the B group vitamins, which are really important to immunity. Um, So if you're low in Bs and some of the particular Bs that you might be if you haven't got meat in your diet. um, So if you're vegetarian or vegan, quite often we do suggest and recommend that you supplement with Bs. Um, But you can get things like cracks in the side of your mouth, bruising and not knowing why you're bruising and there's quite a few telltale signs that if you are deficient in vitamin b generally speaking if you're meat eater that doesn't happen but for the vegans and vegetarians it's definitely something to discuss with a health professional and you said that there are physical symptoms of not getting enough b proteins so is there any other way that we could supplement meat completely uh not completely you'd have to have a very good um plant intake which takes a lot of consideration and planning and look it can be achieved absolutely and there are people who do it really really well but it does take a lot of planning and I wouldn't just you know google it I'd actually do it with a health professional Um, I'd do it with a dietitian uh, so not just a nutritionist a dietitian which is a little bit different Um, so accredited practicing dietitian because there are things that can be easily missed um, especially if if you've made that choice to be vegan or vegetarian Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, how much protein should we let's say teenagers um, eat every day can we eat too much protein you can and it can look at extreme levels it can affect your kidneys Um, but I think largely we don't eat enough protein so for anyone who's experienced the sort of 3 p.m. slump or, you know, you're getting to your final class of the day and you really need a chocolate hit, generally that tells us that you haven't had enough protein in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really important. In terms of teenagers, it's about teenage women. It's about 45 grams per day. Active teenage women, I'm going to say it needs to be between 50 to 55, just because of what protein does for our muscle metabolism and catabolism. 
Excellent. Um, for vegetarians or vegans or those that don't eat a lot of meat, what roles do supplements have to support their nutritional requirements? Um, as I said just before, it's really about the iron and the, the B group um, yeah. supplementation that needs to be really considered. Um, as I said, the iron's really important for, for young adolescent women. Um, and as you move through your life cycles, um, you know, if you're starting to make decisions about child rearing and childbearing, then it's really important. Um, and particularly if you're active as well, because your body takes on or uses so many more nutrients when it's needing to do to be active as well mm -hmm. as growing as well as school so the more demands you place on yourself the more need, more need there is for supplements generally um, again i'd recommend you do it with an accredited dietitian so that they can look at every aspect of your diet because it does come back to balance as well mm. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Um, if you'd like to learn more about some topics we covered today, simply head over to our show notes. Uh, in our next episode, we will talk to Emily about the power of marketing and influences when it comes to our decisions and knowledge of nutrition.